fortune favors the fans. The Fans First Sports Network betting podcast. We talk about the best value, the best takes, and the best picks in the college football universe for you guys. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. My name is Macon, and we're going to be rocking our usual show tonight. We're going to start off by talking about some of the things from last week that didn't really go our way. We're going to talk about some off-the-radar games, some prop bets, and then we're going to close our show, as always, with our Pick'em Contest, where we pick the five best games out of the Power 5 Conference, one from each, and we go head-to-head against the spread and each other. So, Chris... Week three wasn't the best slate of games, but we got some pretty shocking outcomes out of the week anyways and some pretty exciting games. How'd your week end up? How'd you do? I mean, the week was, rel- was I, I would say, described the way I did in betting. I, it was terrible, dude. I got so, I have I did not do well this weekend. I had Tennessee minus five. That was a huge upset. Florida, I, I don't think anybody saw that one coming, even including Florida fans. Colorado minus 24. I was so sure about that. It's really making me question Colorado as a team now, um, especially going into this weekend in a big game against Oregon. Uh, but I will say that game was phenomenal. It totally delivered. I was at a bachelor party in San Diego this weekend. We were at a bar that is, you know, I would say it's not meant to be a sports bar and everybody's eyes were glued on the tv for that game i'm talking everybody we're talking like 200 people in this bar all glued to the game and just like so focused in so that was cool but it wasn't cool for my betting wise um oregon state versus san diego state to go over 48 the total score was 35 san diego state just did not show up for that game at all and then uh, alabama in the first first half minus 10 they didn't even score in the first half that was just despicable we're going to talk about them later in the power five but man that that team i don't know what's going on they we will talk about later but they they don't look very good right now how about you you? know it's kind of funny you you talk about like the the slate of games i really didn't think i was going to do that well last week i actually did pretty darn well i had a couple of games that really um broke the other way, the biggest two being Kansas State, Missouri, Iowa State, mm. Ohio. I thought those were incredibly shocking outcomes. Iowa State in particular. Like, I can buy that maybe KSU isn't as good as I thought they were. And they went on the road against an SEC opponent and struggled more than I expected. But Iowa State dropping, they just looked helpless against Ohio. And that was really, really, really surprising. Um, otherwise, I mean, I'm having the same luck as ever with these prop bets. None of them have ever really hit for me, though Bo Nix cashed out. Um, and I almost won big money. I put a small amount of money on Colorado State money line just for fun because the odds were plus 1,200 there. And oh, I was Jay Norvell being not a gigantic pussy about going forward on fourth down away from uh, cashing that bet. So not my best week, but I still ended up up. And if a couple of, uh, of the sh- more shocking outcomes in the Big 12 had hadn't happened i would did you, have been did you stay awake for the for the colorado game were you like on oh your yeah edge, i was like going into three time. overtimes like come on come on hit i was really excited i thought i had it i was actually getting ready to yeah. to really start celebrating it um and then just i i think norvell just kind of turtled there at the end and you can't yeah. do that you just can't um it cost his team an upset bid but that i had a pretty solid week it was a lot of fun to watch the game you know i'm not the biggest fan of uh dion or Colorado, so it was pretty, pretty exciting to to watch them. I think get exposed in a pretty big way there. It was just a fun game overall. I mean, there was a yeah. lot 
to to enjoy. I think it was one of the highest watched games ever in college football, despite when it kicked off. Um, wow. So it was a pretty fun week, all things considered, out of what was a pretty bad slate. We don't have that problem this week. This week no, we've got this kind week of the is opposite. Be sick. <laughs> We've got a overly abundant slate, uh, so much so you're really going to struggle to know what to put on at times. It made our picking the, the, the top five games a lot more fun. There's a lot. I was going to say, do you want to tell listeners like we had to struggle to, to decide what the five games were this week because it's so stacked? Yeah, this is that, well, last week. It was easy. This week we had kind of the other problem, which is it really is just if you look at some of these games, um, it's really tough, guys, to figure out which you're going to be watching when, how you're going to balance your time, and from a gambler's perspective the lines are a lot more interesting i think it's a lot more fun before we get to our big games of the week and there are some great ones that we're going to be talking about this week just fantastic games we got to start with the off the radar games now as always a quick reminder these are the games that you're not really necessarily that invested in from just looking outside in. Uh, maybe these are games you have on during a commercial break. Maybe these are games you just want to drop a little money on to have a rooting interest in. We go and find the games that we think might do you some good and win you a little bit of money that you wouldn't maybe ordinarily watch or be paying as close attention to. Chris, what are you looking at this week? We got a lot of games that even some better ones get pushed into this group today. Who are you taking? Uh, so I kind of have a cheat. I have like, uh, I have technically four games but i'm i'm promoting a parlay on friday night so friday night infamously mountain west always does at least one game on friday night they're doing two this friday night um one on cbs sports and one on fox sports so if i were a betting man which i am and i plan to do this i would bet boise state minus seven against san diego state boise state has I mean, San Diego State is just done. Their their program, they their team is just not good. I, they have shown me nothing in the three games that they've they've had um, so far this year, or four games they've had so far this year. They've competed in a couple, not against very good opponents. Where Boise State has at least had one game against a good, a decent opponent, where it was like, wow, this is interesting. Boise State, I think, could cover minus seven. It's in San Diego, but still. Um, and then Air Force, I'm just tired of betting against Air Force and losing. So I'm taking Air Force Academy minus five against San Jose State. San Jose State put up a lot of points against Oregon State. A lot of it was garbage time. That team also is not very good. I think Air Force is one of the competing teams in the in the Mountain West again this year. Again, it's it's almost like I want to I want to prove myself wrong in my epic history of betting against air force so far this season on this podcast so so parlay minus seven boise air force academy minus five um i think you'll get a good payout there it's funny you mentioned that air force game i actually took them too and the reason being yeah. is uh I'm, I'm surprised that they're still not really picking up a lot more steam as against the san jose t- state team who has played a an admittedly just brutal schedule i mean they've they've just played a extremely tough slate of games but they also really haven't i mean they kind of overachieved against usc but they still lost by 28 um they they lost to toledo i mean this just isn't a very good team whereas air force is largely just taking care of business at every turn and so I, I was shocked. So I actually took that game as well. Um, and because you did, I'll add in uh, one that I wasn't planning to do, but I'd, I have a lot of respect for what Colorado State did against Colorado. 
But the discipline issue is why they lost this game. There was there was too many emotions going on, too much nonsense going on behind the scenes, and that cost them the game. Uh, but they're actually a a underdog to Middle Tennessee, which I get. Middle Tennessee uh, 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 had a great showing earlier in the year against. Uh, um, oh shoot, I'm blanking on the team. Uh, they 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 pushed um, Missouri to the limit. And Missouri obviously coming off the big win, so I think there's a little bit of like that kind of that wink, wink. Both teams have had a good showing. Colorado State obviously couldn't close, neither could Middle Tennessee. But you know, Mizzou's coming off that big win at Kansas State. Little transitive action going on here, but I think Colorado State played extremely well against Colorado um, and just did a lot of stupid stuff that cost them the game. And I don't think they'll do the same crap against Middle Tennessee. I'm not saying for certain that Colorado State's for real, but I think you're talking about two not good football teams that are both, you know, we're trying to compare apples to oranges here with who who had the better showing in their close game in a, an intense rivalry game on the road with a lot to prove. They outplayed Colorado. I mean, they were thoroughly better mm. other than just like the 16 personal fouls. So they cleaned that up. I mean, I was really impressed by that team. So I, I got to give them plus three. Um, like I said, I had the Air Force uh, at five. Actually, I see him at four and a half on DraftKings. But the the other one I took, I took another military academy. Army's getting 13 and a half against Syracuse. Um, Syracuse just, I, I don't really believe it. I, I, I don't really buy Syracuse. And Army's playing pretty good football right now. So I, I like Army than this one to cover. Now, I'm not as confident in that one. Um, you know, Syracuse has obviously beat just come off beating Purdue, who's... I, I think just terrible. I mean, just, just terrible, terrible. <laughs> um, so, you know, it kind of hard to say, but that, that got a little bit of momentum going their way for the first time this year. Um, Army does have that tough loss to UL Monroe, but they've looked decent sense, including knocking off UTSA. I think they can cover. It's hard to get separation against military academies. Um, and then I've got here, uh, uh, La Tech is getting 20 and a half to Nebraska. And this is just me not respecting Nebraska. Uh, Sonny Cumbie's my guy. I love Sonny Cumbie. He did great work at Tech and t- taking on the program after Matt Wells was fired. And he had to try to flip the script midseason and get them bowl eligible in the whole nine. And I- I'll give a nod, and I just don't respect Nebraska. I just I just don't. I think Matt Rule will turn it around in time, but they ain't there yet. And I don't think they, I don't think they can really score like 28, 30 points can comfortably with the offense they got. Yeah. Uh, I did my last two. I mean, I took Colorado State too, but I took the money line, which was plus one one thirty. I think it's worth to take a flyer on it because w- what was the spread? It was three, minus three. Yeah, I mean, I rather just go for the money line and try and get a little bit more money out of it because I don't. Yeah, I mean, uh, Middle Tennessee they 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 competed against Mizzou. I don't really know what to make against Mizzou. Um, and I think that Colorado State's going to come in with a little chip on the shoulder. Uh, my last one. I was shocked. So BYU and Kansas, Kansas is favored in this game by eight and a half. I was a little shocked by that considering BYU just beat Arkansas last week. So when I saw that line, I I felt like I had to take that. I mean, especially eight and a half points. I don't think that Kansas is eight and a half points better than BYU. I don't think that Kansas is better than BYU. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I plus eight and a half BYU. I take that, take that all day. Yeah, I I don't really. I mean, it's 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 this is Vegas is still I think trying to handle what to make of BYU because it, it's still trying to calibrate like how bad is Arkansas really? Um, but I I you know K, KU obviously has a bigger win earlier in the season. Um, they they've looked 
the part of, of who kind of they were hoping to be. Um, you know, I, I don't know for certain that BYU is just, you know, ah, they're just better than Kansas, but KU is coming off a tough game against Nevada. Right. So like, mm-hmm. this, this is not, they've looked good. They beat up on, they took care of business against Illinois. Then they struggled against Nevada who they were obviously looking past. Nevada's not very good this year though. I mean, they, I, I just see nothing I from think, them to make me think that, 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 that's a good team. They, that was like a decent loss or do I win. think. KU is better than BYU. I don't really know at this point. I think these this could be a very competitive game, but because I think it's a very competitive game, eight and a half is a big deal, right? Like that. That's basically saying Kansas is for conference mates. That is saying they are definitively better. Vegas is putting it on the mind, saying KU is multiple scores better than BYU, and I don't think that's true. I think that's a great pickup and one where you can really get some value on. It's just too early in the in, in both of those programs this season to know to feel good about that to me, and I I, I don't really understand um, the thought process there. I I yeah. just don't, and I I think that you know. Um, you know, I, I think that the 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 feeling to, is, is just too way too positive due to some momentum KU's had coming over from the offseason. This and is BYU's that's, that's, like welcome to the Big 12, though. So, like, don't you think they're going to get up for that game a little bit? I think they will. And I think yeah. BYU is going to I think this will be a very tight contest. I don't yeah. buy eight and a half. I don't think that BYU is necessarily better than Kansas yeah. without having seen them head to head, because I don't think Arkansas is very good. And uh, that that is like the measuring stick for BYU season. They they struggled against Sam Houston, took care of business against Southern Utah, and then, you know, beat up, managed to get the win over Arkansas in a very tight contest um, that they almost gave away. But KU, it's not like KU's looked just so much better. I just don't know. And I it, when I'm talking about betting, if that this where I think this spread should be is probably KU minus three. That's mm-hmm. where I, th- th- I that's where I think it should be. And I'm not going to touch it at that. But at eight and a half, if you're not taking BYU, if you're going to touch this game, it's got to be on BYU's side. I think there's no value in assuming KU at that spread. There's just exactly. no value in it. And that I think that'll be a great pick. And I would be very surprised if we come back next week and that didn't hit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same. Now, we're going to switch over to our prop bets. These are not traditional prop bets all the time. We're also accepting over-unders here. Reason being is college prop bets are hard, and there there are it's trickier to know who's going to do what week to week. There, and depending where you're looking, there can also be just less of them. Um, so I, I think that it's important to mix in a couple over-unders into this slate and really, you know, blend them all together and call them prop bets. Because I think of over-unders as a bit of a prop, right? Like, it's kind of fun guessing at which team's going to do what. But um, I, I think, Chris, I'll let you run here first. What's your first one in this category? Um, So, this listeners, if you listen to this podcast all the uh, last three weeks, you know I am a Cal fan. Uh, I grew up in the Bay Area. My dad went to school there, grew up going to games, season tickets. Um, so they're always going to be, uh, on my pick list, but, uh, Cal versus Washington. This is a 7 PM game. Um, their over under is 59 and a half. That is absurdly high. I think the only reason why that's high is because Washington's offense has shown that they can do nothing but score points. Michael Penix has just been slaying it, slinging it all over the fucking field. But 
nothing about Cal's offense right now would make me think that they can run this score up. They're on their backup quarterback. They scored 10 points two weeks ago against uh, against Auburn, a middle-of-the-road Power 5 school. So you're telling me you're going to go up against a top-10 team in the country and you're going to put up more points than that? There's no shot in hell. Cal is a, a, a ground-and-pound team, so they're going to run the clock, just running the ball. I think that Washington will score 35 points and just kind of cruise from there. Cal scores maybe a touchdown. Maybe two. This it, it's just too high. You have to, you have to take the under on this one. I like that pick. I really do. And you know, it, it's I think college tends to convince Vegas. You always got to be looking at overs, and it just it just. I mean, I I don't. I'm not the kind of guy to compile stats on this, but I feel like a lot of the time we end up talking about and you know hot contested games. Any game that's not just going to be a completely one-sided blow, I think most of the time we end up talking a lot more about unders than people would think. And I think that that that's a great pick. Um, my first one is I got to go back to the well that's helping me. You know, my own, my prop bets have just not hit. I think I'm like one for nine this year. But the one that did succeed was Bonix, two and a half tip passing touchdowns against Hawaii. That was an easy one. The only worry was him not completing that game. Fortunately, he got it done at halftime. His, I'm going to take another Bonix prop bet. He's getting 28 and a half over under rushing yards against Colorado. I think he broke. He, I'm taking the over here. I, I liked what I saw from Bo Nix's hmm. decision making. I think Colorado is vulnerable to things that uh, that happen underneath. I think they will go above and beyond to try to prevent guys like Franklin from taking the top off. And they're a suspect defense. Give me 28 and a half rushing yards for Bo Nix at the minimum. And I do I think that, you know, that's. Do I love betting on a, a guy not necessarily the most mobile on the planet as a rushing quarterback? Not necessarily, but he, he's having a Heisman season and he hasn't failed me so far. So I'm going to ride with him. I've been really impressed with Bo Nix. He, he's a good kid and I really like his game. And I just think that Colorado exposes the underbelly of that defense quite often. Colorado State ran those cross routes. Yeah. Um, that just buried them. I don't All think night. Colorado will give that up again, but I do think they will try to keep Oregon in front of them. And that's going to open things up. Like, and here's the, my only Texas Tech adopted this strategy. They forced Oregon to slowly drive the field and play methodical football. And Bonix's response to that was to be Oregon's leading rusher. So I think that that's that's where I'm coming from. Um, and I just I think you, I'm betting on a winner here right now. I think Oregon's probably first or second best team in the Pac-12, and it, it feels good betting on a team like that as opposed to trying to find a prop with somebody lower tier and, and get away with it. I'm just a little shocked that that's even a prop like that Vegas is even offering that because I never would think Bo Nix and running the ball and and rushing yards don't that just doesn't. Yeah. So it's this is what we're talking about when you like you can bet all kinds of crap for uh, uh, prop bets in the NFL, but there's like super limited amounts. Yeah. For some reason, DraftKings offers like a limited number of like your traditional props, which are player yardage totals. Um, that's, that's, I think the one people look at the most uh, other than touchdowns. There's like four or five games a week that they highlight and they'll pick certain props that they like. And one of them is Bonix's rushing total. Um, it's because is, they're I, fishing for the same game parlay bets. That's why. Yeah, that's probably why that, they do that's, it. I, I think that, that that in most cases, I think that those they set those up for you to be losers. But I think in this instance, you're going to pick up a win here. Um, We'll see. I, I have had no luck with prop bets, folks. I've been great against the spread. Just phenomenal. Been up all year. 
I can't pick a prop to save my life. So maybe, <laughs> maybe stick to more of the over unders. Um, Chris, what do you got for your next one? So this is the opposite of the Cal Washington over under. This is Oklahoma state versus um, uh, Oklahoma or Iowa state. Well, it's yeah, it's the opposite. It, the over under is at 37 and a half. I get it. I understand why that over under is at 37 and a half. I looked up their scores. It it's, I mean, they're, these teams are, they their offenses are god awful, but thirty seven is just like it's just so low. It's kind of worth to take a flyer on, you know, and just kind of see. I think that they can middle around that, and I think that like maybe a field goal puts them over. But thirty seven is insanely low for college football. Like, I mean, this is your conference. Maybe you could tell me I'm wrong, but I don't know. Thirty seven over on uh they're horrible i mean like that these offenses are two of the worst offenses in the nation they these teams make iowa offensively look good iowa state has no identity <laughs> offensively in fact their fans are just furious that they can't seem to, to to do what's working um oklahoma state has no quarterback at all they've tried to rotate through three players bowman hasn't been able to lock down that job they just look pitiful 37 and a half though also, sorry, just straight thirty-seven. It's not thirty-seven. Uh, also accounts for the fact that Iowa State is one of the better teams defensively in the nation. Um, they are very, very good defensively. They are as good as they are defensively. They are as bad offensively. Um, that's probably a top twenty-five defense and a bottom ten offense <laughs> up against an Oklahoma State. There is a real possibility Oklahoma State doesn't score a touchdown in this game. Uh, is kind of what this is banking on. I don't like anything this low, though. You know, even for Iowa, you're starting to push in just ridiculous territory. This is assuming the defenses pitch basically perfect games and both offenses turn in as pitiful of a performance. It's a risky bet, but I think that if you're going to get greedy with 37 on your over-under, it might be time to make them pay a bit for that overreaction. Um, because that that is low low even for two of the worst offenses in the nation you know they're somebody's gonna win this football game someone will score points to win and you're really presuming they're gonna win this like 14 nothing or or uh, uh you're you're really kind of hoping for scores like that to get this mm-hmm. under to hit and maybe you see them but those scores aren't common in college football and they're not common even for bad offenses to do it um, and both these offenses are so bad, you could see multiple defensive touchdowns scored in this game. I would expect at least four or five turnovers. I'd expect a couple of pick sixes or fumbles returned for touchdowns being possible. It's going to be probably like a 21-14 game at the minimum. So then you just need a couple of points to break your way to get to the over, one more field goal, and I think you can get there. That's kind of what I'm betting. I'm betting on the defenses to to score a couple touchdowns here because like, I don't know. Sometimes in betting, it's just it's some. Sometimes you know you see an outlier, you just kind of have to take it because that it's just such a big outlier. Thirty-seven. That's. I don't know. I mean, it's we'll it's find out next week if I'm wrong or not. So. <laughs> and the other thing is, if you're somebody who wants to watch this game or like this game is on, you're wondering if you should yeah. watch. You're putting money on it for this prop. You know, these are bad football teams, and these no one should be watching either team play but their fans. So taking this prop will give you an excuse to watch them in that time slot um, if you need a backup game. They suck. I mean, they Iowa State is as bad as they thought. Oklahoma State is significantly worse than I thought they were going to be. Um, I thought with Spencer Sanders out, Alan Bowman coming in, that they would improve offensively. They're just – they managed to make 
the worst quarterback in the Big 12 the last couple of years, other than really Max Duggan during his earlier campaign. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look at Max Duggan's numbers from like year one, two at TCU, just fucking awful. Um, they managed to make him and Spencer Sanders during those times look good with the shit show that's going on at Oklahoma State, which is impressive. It's just impressive. <laughs> um, my next one, I'm going to go. I haven't bet on tech in a, in a minute, so might as well. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know I know the Big 12. You know I'm a big tech guy. Um, that's that's my alma mater. But I'm going to take a different look at it. So this bet is a halftime over, uh, halftime against the spread. Tech heads to Morgantown to take on West Virginia. West Virginia is most likely going to be playing a backup quarterback in this game. He closed out the backyard brawl. West Virginia managed to hang on against a pit team that is helpless. Um, that was a big win to save Neil Brown's job. I think Tech leads at halftime. The over the, the spread is three and a half. I think Tech leads by more than three and a half at halftime. I think Tech will take at least a touchdown lead into the, into the locker room. Um, I don't want to bet on the overall outcome of the game because I'm going to be really disappointed if Tech screws this one up in a game they should win and need to win. But I like I like I think. If Tech is going to fade in this one, they're going to fade late. So I'm going to bet I'm going to take it early and hope that they come out all all cylinders firing. Um, but we'll see. Tyler Shuck's been announced as the starting quarterback once again, and frankly, nobody wants him to start but the people in the in the the staff <laughs> office. So we'll see how he does if he plays well or not, and what what happens. But Tech over is going to clear three and a half at halftime in Morgantown. Uh, if he plays bad, that, that that's his job, right? That's it. I mean, you ha- the coach staff has to give up on him, right? Yeah. He played bad against an FCS opponent. He was a fifty yeah. percent, sixteen QBR, and they're giving him the starting job again. I'm not certain they plan to ever take it away from him. I'm not certain what happens in practice. All I know is if it happens in Morgantown again, he they're going to have a really, really hard time getting anybody to show up unless they change the quarterback because he has cost you multiple games this season. I mean, Kitley was terrible against Wyoming, but Oregon fell. Like, you lost to Oregon because of Tyler Shuck. If Shuck doesn't turn the ball over four times, you beat Oregon by multiple touchdowns, and that that can't happen. You cannot have a big opportunity like that in your lap and blow it because your quarterback can't protect the ball. And then he has an opportunity against an FCS opponent to really, you know, kind of get everybody excited again. And he was just anemic and bad decisions and terrible and ball floated. But he's going to start. So I'm hoping he wins me some money here and Tech starts fast. They've been good in the scripted portion of games is what I'm also banking on. The first Mm. first and second possessions tend to be their best. So I'm hoping they get a couple scores. Defense does their job and we get to halftime up a touchdown. I mean, I think in, in general in college football, week three and four is typically when a quarterback either like either you know you what you got or he loses his job. We're probably going to talk about that with the Alabama game coming up, but like, I, yeah, I just I just think that this is this is uh, this is the time to the coaching staff has to make their decision and decide if they want to move on or not. Yeah, I mean we're we're at that point. All right, I believe you have one more for us, Chris. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. So, um. Oregon State versus Washington over under is 58 and a half. That's pretty, I would say it's middle high over under for a college football game. Um, that being said, these two offenses are just lighted up. Um, Oregon State's averaging 41 points per game. Washington State's averaging 48.3 points per game. Um, their defenses have given up both a, a decent amount of points in all their games. I, I would say Oregon State's defense is a little bit better than Washington State's, but I, I wouldn't call them like, you know, fantastic. I wouldn't say they're Georgia level or I, I, maybe a 
comparable in the Pac-12, Oregon or Washington level. Um, and Washington's defense isn't all that great either. But um, th- these put up a lot of points. They throw the ball a lot. High, it's going to be a high-flying fun game. We're going to talk about it um, next segment. But this is a high over – or this is a decent over-under. Uh, I would take the over on this one because I think it's going to be uh, – I think both teams will score. I think the total will be 60-plus. Yeah, that's going to be a really explosive game. And it's going to be a fun one to watch. It's good. It, it is – you know, we're going to talk about this game at d- in detail here in a minute, actually coming up right after our break. Um, we'll be in that segment, but it, it's it's going to be fun. It's the Pac-12. It's going to be wild. And this has a lot of shootout potential to it. So get ready for that one. And we're going to pick that game against the spread. So we'll give you our actual takes on that one, the actual outcome as well. But it's going to be a shootout, folks. Um, I think that's a great pick. And, you know, it's the Pac-12. Always assume the weirdest outcome. And the weirdest outcome is that game goes multiple overtimes and, and lots of points scored. Um, my final one. So Penn State. Ho, uh, has Iowa come into town. Now, Iowa is racing to keep above 25 points, uh, their average. That's in Francis' contract. Um, I think it triggers some sort of bonus. The fans kind of consider that like the fire line. <laughs> so uh, uh, you, you can imagine that this the anticipation of this game is low scoring. However, Penn State's team total touchdowns is two and a half. I think they get three in this game. I'm taking Penn State over two and a half in touchdowns. I think just Penn State's a lot better than Iowa. They're playing football. They're competing in the Big Ten at a high level. I think Iowa defensively may not be as good as they have been in a few years past. We're not quite seeing as much dominance from them. And I think Penn State's also just playing really, really well. Uh, I think they can win this game, you know, 21-7, 28-14. And in both those situations, this prop hits. So I'm taking it. Yeah, I, I love that one. I mean, I'm surprised that it's just two touchdowns. I, I, I mean, James Franklin has a very well put together, very disciplined football team. And I I just I, they're going to really hold Iowa. And and I, I mean, I, I don't I don't really know what to say. I, I'm just a little shocked that that's I, I'm a loss for words. I'm a little shocked that's only two touchdowns. Um, But yeah, I, I like that. I didn't know that he had a a stipulation in his contract. That's pretty funny. Yeah. It's some sort of a trigger for either him or his son. I don't remember (laughs) who that it's, they have to maintain like an average over 25 points per game. Uh, They're above it right now after the beat down over Western Michigan, I believe. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a, uh, it's a situation where like, I was really trying to like, you know, not reinvent itself because they don't actually care that much, but Iowa is trying to, to at least put a little bit of pressure on a coach that they, for some reason, refuse to move on from. But you know, when you've got stuff like that going on in the background, Penn state's just playing better football feels like a good one. All right. Now we're going to head to our break after our break. It's going to be the power five pick them challenge. These are the five best games, one out of each power five conference where we pick against the spread and against each other. We'll be back shortly And then we'll get right on into it, closing out our show. Okay, welcome back, folks, from break. As I mentioned before the break, now we're talking about everybody's favorite segment of the show. These are the big games. These are the games of the week, one out of each Power 5 contest. Uh, conference, how the conference contest looks right now. Both Chris and I had basically, in fact, we did have identical picks last week. The only one that did not succeed was Tennessee. 
uh, versus Florida. We both took Tennessee and that dropped the updated odd, uh, the updating standings is we're both sitting at 10 and five on the year. So if you're just following along with us and only betting these games, you're winning pretty much every week at this point, right? So, our hot streak folks, right? Our hot streak. We're four and one coming out of the week. So, you know, we're, we're on a roll here and I think we're going to keep it going this week. Now, these is a much better slate. These are intense games, and there's a lot on the line for both conference standings and this contest. Let's dive right in. Looking at our first game of the week, which is coming out of the SEC, we have Ole Miss versus Alabama. The Crimson Tide obviously coming off of a very disappointing showing with multiple quarterbacks playing. However, I believe they must have been, based on what it looked like, some sort of like typhoon. Um, I mean, just weather was just terrible, so there is a little bit of that going on. But the Crimson Tide are a seven-point favorite against Ole Miss. Seven points after that showing against USF. Uh, Ole Miss, of course, having a good season of their own. I've seen rumblings of people are shocked that they're not the favorites in this game to give you an idea of how people are kind of feeling. And I think that, you know, when we're talking about the SEC in general, it's clear that this is pr- almost certainly not a very good uh, uh Alabama team are at least not up to their standard. So the SEC West is wide open, therefore the conference and who has a date with most likely Georgia, Mississippi for record, having a damn good season. Um, They knocked off Mercer in a, in a mercy rule game, beat uh, Tulane and Georgia tech comfortably. Now they're at Alabama. Chris, how are you feeling about this one? I'm with the people making, I'm taking, I'm taking Ole Miss plus six and a half. I, I am riding the choke streak of Alabama. I said this last week. I mean, whether or not the um, last Saturday, I, I said this in last week's pod, Alabama has a serious quarterback problem and they refuse to address it. Nick Saban had a press conference this week and said he is not changing quarterbacks. He has no reason to, to he thinks he has, there's no reason to do it. I don't know what games he's watching. This is not. I mean, the bet two backup guys aren't weren't really high, high um, uh, prospects either, or high ranking prospects either. But like, you got to switch something up, and and I just don't. I I think that, and I know Lane Kiffin does not do well in Tuscaloosa, but I think that Lane Kiffin can come in this year and at least cover the spread, if not win this game. I'm going to do the same here. And the real reason why is because I've had zero success betting on Alabama historically. I I don't think I've ever won a bet on Alabama. And the three plus years I've been doing this betting, um, I I just can't. They they never seem to cover. They never seem to win the games comfortably that I think they should. I I have nothing but... um, you know, I'm not one of those people who really hates that Alabama always wins, and I have nothing but contempt for Lane Kiffin. But you know, I, I I'm just not going to bet on Alabama. I'm gonna I I don't they don't have an offense right now. They're playing bad football. They don't look good at anything, and Ole Miss is maybe not as good as they might appear with not an easy schedule, but not a particularly tough one. Mm-hmm. But they are certainly playing better football and you know i it would be very nick saban to come out and just stop a mud hole in ole miss after all this noise all week but i i'm not going to take alabama anymore i just can't do it i've had no luck with it Mm -hmm. and i think you know it is kind of insane that this line is plus seven (laughs) now we're going to move into uh, our next game this one is out of the big 10 this is a massive game probably the biggest game of the week i would say outside of the the conference matchup of Oregon state, Washington state. Um, I know the Colorado, Oregon games getting a lot of hype, but that's 
to be honest, Oregon's going to win that game pretty comfortably. This is why we didn't include it. Uh, uh, the Big Ten, Ohio State, Notre Dame. This is a massive contest. You have a lot of implications early on for both these teams, a chance for both these teams to really prove something. You know, neither one has necessarily had a moment to really kind of make a statement on the national stage to date. Um, both of these teams are highly ranked. Notre Dame, of course, is 4-0. Uh, they played that week zero matchup. Ohio State is 3-0. and Ohio State has taken care of business, uh, stomped Indiana, Indiana and Youngtown State and Western Kentucky, um, really beat the tar out of Western Kentucky. But Notre Dame, for its part, beat the tar out of Navy, Tennessee State, NC State and Central Michigan. Neither of these teams have played anybody good, folks. They just haven't. Notre Dame is a three-point underdog in this one. Ohio State, Notre Dame, game of the week. Who are you taking, Chris? So this th- this is a tough one, dude. Uh, I mean, this game is right in the Vegas zone. For uh, people who don't know that phrase, the Vegas zone is um, three to, to five um, spread. Um, that's when Vegas is trying to even out their money to make sure that they win no matter what. Um, and I just, I you know, both teams, like you said, they played one mid tier power five program so it's really hard to judge how good they actually are so i just went with history and i just went with ohio state to cover three yeah i had a tough time with this one because both teams they recruited well and they have really good they have really good players on the team they really i it's just i I didn't know what to go so I, i just went ohio state we're kind of the same thinking i took ohio state here i was you know i think it wouldn't shock me to see this game go the other way. Yeah. But neither same. team has played anybody. And it is more likely that Ohio State is as good as we think they are than it is more likely Notre Dame is as good as we think they are. Agreed. So I took Ohio State. I don't know much to because I think one, we're in lockstep here. But number two, I just don't have a feel for um, which one of these teams is really going to do it. I'm just leaning on history. I'm leaning on what we believed going into the year. And I'm just leaning on the fact that, you know, when was the last time Notre Dame was an actual blue blood caliber since that national title matchup, they got walloped in and the last mm-hmm. playoff that they got walloped in, um, you know, it's been a few years and I, 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 I don't know. I just, I think Ohio, it's much more likely to me that Ohio state is great than it is that Notre Dame is great. Um, our next game is out of the big 12. There were a couple of contests in the Big 12 that are really interesting. Oklahoma, Cincinnati, TCU has the has the uh, iron skillet with SMU. Uh, we have uh, BYU versus um, um, KU. That's another one that could be fun. We got UCF, Kansas State. I believe that could have been a great game. So there are a lot of options, but we're going to lean on Texas Baylor. Because if we're going to talk about all the games that are even, you got this one at a good time, and you have Texas continuing to try to prove that they are, in fact, back. The spread in this game is pretty significant. It's 15 points. Texas, of course, coming off of a very deceptive victory against Wyoming. They were not the better team for three quarters in that game. It was tied heading into the fourth quarter before Wyoming, just the wheels with a backup quarterback completely came off the wagon and they imploded, but they pushed Texas. And to be honest, they pushed Texas around at times running the ball straight at them. So it was kind of interesting to watch that matchup play out in Austin, but Baylor, of course, not having a banner year, struggled against long Island, struggled against Utah, struggled against Texas state, 
not looking great for the Bears this season. The upset loss to Texas State in particular was one of the worst losses their programs had in a hot minute. So, Chris, big spread, conference matchup, the Bears versus the Horns. Who you got? I just took the favorite. I just took the favorite. I took Texas. Nothing about Baylor has made me think that they can <clears throat> they can cover a spread. So um, I know te- Texas struggled for a little bit last week, but at the end of the day, they won 30, 31 to ten. Um, they're just a better, more talented team. Um, I think they I think they'll win by three touchdowns. So I took Texas minus fifteen. Or what it was? I, I saw it at minus fifteen. What did you get at? Sorry, fifteen. Yeah. yeah. So I went the other way on this one, which is good. We need <laughs> we need some. Variance. Yeah, we need a split. Yeah. Uh, we need we need at least one of these to be split. I took Baylor, and the reason why is first and foremost, Texas is last in like uh, what was the stat I saw? It's something like expected offensive outcome. They're like one of the worst offenses in the nation in that category. And to be honest, Quinn Ewer was terrible. I mean, not I not a big Quinn Ewers fan. You know, I'm not a Texas fan at all. Really can't stand that program. But I can admit he played pretty damn good ball against Alabama. Um, you know was 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 more than serviceable in that game he's been protecting the football he looks a bit more in sync with receivers he was fucking awful against wyoming i mean he was 17 for 28 136 or excuse me 11 for 21 131 two tds and he added uh, uh one rushing touchdown on the goal line and what was funny is that game was on longhorn network so i was watching it they were talking about oh he's not you know he's been a real big leader really turned it around he was fucking awful. I mean, he was just awful. The biggest passing play in this game came when Xavier Worthy broke away and just took off on a short route. Actually, it might have been a screen. I can't remember which. He was just fucking terrible. I mean, and he looked bad. And that was the best. Uh, uh, that That's the best you can play at home. And I'm supposed to think you shake up all the rust and play Baylor and beat him by 15. Nah. You know, I, I think Texas showed a lot of flaws in that game. I don't think Baylor's good enough to exploit them, but I hope they are because I'm just tired of Texas. It was it, <laughs> the dumbest thing. And how I know nobody has Longhorn Network is they moved up in the polls despite being a bad football team for three quarters and then just banking on Wyoming imploding. So, look, you know, Baylor's not good. This game could easily get ugly and get ugly fast, but it's a primetime game at six on, at, on six thirty. It's at Baylor. It's the last of their matchups for I think this is the something since since nineteen forty four they played each other every year. So this is the last time that's going to happen probably ever. They probably will never play each other again outside of bowl games. It's the beginning of the Big Twelve slate. Uh, everybody's going to be coming for Texas. I think they're going to play a lot of close games, and you know I just. I'm not confident Quinn Ewers is a good enough quarterback to get him to where they need to be to cover 15. Could be wrong. This game could get ugly. I could see this turning into an absolute beatdown on a Baylor team that looks helpless a lot of the time. But, you know, that Baylor pushed Cam, uh, uh, Cam Rising with Utah pretty hard. And, you know, they're coming off their first win. Maybe they've got it together. Probably not, but we'll see. <laughs> now we're going to move on to our next game. Maybe we'll have another split here. We got an ACC matchup. Florida State. Clemson. Clemson has frankly not looked like themselves in a couple of years. The 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 you know the Clemson dynasty feels very much in the rearview mirror. Florida State on the flip side is looking to kind of make some noise as the new reigning power in the ACC. Um since the loss against Duke, Clemson beat up on two who cares schools. 
Florida State, for its part, has looked very good this season, has done a good job. Um, this is one of the first times in a while that I think this may be a Florida State team that is for real. Um, they had a narrow victory over Boston College in their last out, which doesn't inspire confidence. But, of course, they pounded Southern Miss and comfortably beat LSU, who just is now coming off of a bounce-back game of their own, having smashed Mississippi State. You got a, this is you got an ACC conference matchup. You got kind of the the, the reigning champ of the ACC. Not I don't, I don't remember who literally won last year. I mean that in the sense that the standard bearer for the last several years has been Clemson, and it's been all Clemson out of the ACC. Florida State's the favorite, two and a half. They're the challenger. They're looking to get back to their status as the reigning power. They want to take the standard and then run away with it and go to the Big Ten or the SEC. Who's got this one? What are your thoughts? I this could be a trap game, um, but I'm betting that it's not. I took Florida State minus two and a half. I, I, it's in Clemson, so that that is what scares me a little bit. But I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm just kind of in on Florida State. I think they're I think they're good. And you know what's great about this game is this game starts the day. This is the nine a.m. on the West Coast, twelve. 12 p.m. on the East Coast, uh, uh, fucking 11 o'clock for you. Um, this is the game that starts the day. So it's going to be interesting to see how this game goes because could it just change the the vibe and momentum of the rest of the day and all these matchups in college football? Um, but I was just, you know, I just was really impressed with Florida State, the LSU game, and I'm, I, it's just kind of just stuck in my brain, and it's hard to – to bet against them after that one. So two and a half. I think it's probably only two and a half because it's in Clemson, but um, I hope it's not a trap game and I'm going with them. See, what, I think, I got? think that, you know, Florida state may, may or may not be for real. I think Clemson has a lot to prove at home in this game. Yeah. Early in the morning, Florida state's coming off of a brutally tough contest against Boston college. Clemson has, frankly looked better since their early shellacking by Duke. Do I think that they're, Excuse me. Do I think that they're great? Probably not, but it's at home. I took Clemson this one. I just think that this is the kind of game that screams a mountain to get over to prove you're now the king in the ACC. Mm -hmm. And maybe Florida State's for real. Maybe this is their moment to kind of officially come out to the conference and say, this is ours now, because I think that they, by and large, probably have the best case to say that the top team in the ACC right now. Um, there's a lot of pretty good football teams out there. I think they've got the, the strongest case to say the top dog. Um, maybe this is it, but it's at, it's in Clemson and that is a tough place to play. Not only that, I think Clemson just has a lot to prove. Dabo Sweeney has a lot to prove the chatter. It will only grow if Clemson loses this game about Dabo refusing to embrace the NIL era. Dabo just generally being, frankly, he's a bit of a nut, right? And the other thing is since Brett Venables has been gone, they have not looked the same. So he's got to prove something that he wasn't getting carried by his DC. I think they can get this one done at home plus two and a half. Honestly, I would take this money line. Um, if you're wanting to touch this one, Clemson at plus one fourteen. That ain't it's bad. It's just value. so close. You might as well. It's just so close. Yeah, I think yeah. I think at two and a half, you're as well off saying let's take Clemson money line. I'm going to take the two and a half points for the sake of this contest because this could easily end up being a a field goal here or there kind of decision or a point here or there kind of decision, I should say. But you know, money line is really tasty on that one, guys. It really is. And the other thing about this that's great, we get another split. We have not split as often as maybe yeah. you'd like at five games. So we. Need need a couple of these now our last one and this is going to be a absolutely wild contest 
we have Oregon State versus Washington State. The relegated Oregon State and Washington State at that. Oregon State. The battle of the remaining Pac-12. Yeah, Pac-2, this, this sorry. is. This is the you know this is kind of battle for the storyline right which which one yeah. of these teams is really going to go punish the conference is it Oregon State or Washington State I've been saying all year and all all the time we do in this pod that following these two teams is just fun because there's so much hate going on out there they're running into each other Oregon State your favorite both teams playing good football both teams look like sneaky competitors in the conference Oregon State has looked phenomenal this season it is both environments are a tough place to play uh with everything going on this is in pullman so it's it's a little surprising oregon state's the uh, as heavy a favorite you know that's basically saying that on a neutral field they'd be a five or six point favorite Mm -hmm. you know uh, away from pullman so that's something but they hammered everybody they played not as comfortable as you'd like against san diego state but blew up San Jose State and UC Davis, Washington State for its part, having a great year of, of in its own right, banished Colorado State to the shadow realm, which is looking better and better. I think that's um, kind of surprising. The line is what it is with that result. Also beat Wisconsin and Northern Colorado or North Colorado. Honestly, I don't know which one, and I don't think it matters. Uh, in either circumstance, having playing fantastic football, I'm shocked that this line is minus three to the Beavs in Pullman. Um, cause, cause frankly, Oregon state hasn't played the kind of opponents that Washington state has and Washington state has not even hesitated to beat the shit out of everybody they played. It's been no mercy out of Pullman and they get them at home. Uh, I'm going to take Washington state here. You know, I, I, I am flabbergasted that this is minus three heading to Oregon state. I, I know on paper, Oregon state was the big favorite of the sleepers out of that conference, but Washington state isn't just beating people they're they're humiliating them right like you're talking about wisconsin losing this game by nine and it was only that close because they had a huge third quarter to try to claw their way back into the game uh and and other i mean we just saw colorado state put on a bit of a show and they just stuffed them i mean all of colorado state's points came in the fourth quarter in garbage time more or less other than one early field goal so you know i'm not saying oregon state for its part has looked bad they haven't but they're not come they're not they have not been challenged this year and the closest they got was not necessarily an all lights green test against san diego state they're the heavy favorite in this one i mean heavy and is relative in a matchup like this but like i said they probably five or six point favorite in a neutral field uh, uh, money line in this one also very tasty plus 124 Washington State considering you know with the spread being what it is it is in Pullman I got a ride with uh, Washington State and also got to give a shout out to my boy Mike Leach I think he did great work out there you know rest in peace and I think for the Pirates sake they get this one done and really make a statement that this is they are the sleeper in the Pac-12 so <clears throat> oh excuse me so the reason why this line is what it is is because nobody has watched the common college football fan has not watched a Washington state game this year. So they have no fucking clue what their team is, how good they are and how good that offense is just throwing it all over the goddamn field. They see this lot, this ranking at 21 and they're like, Oh, okay, that's wrong. Oregon state is the same thing except for that week zero game. There are fans who watched that week zero game and they watched Oregon State beat down on San Jose State. So they so Vegas is probably getting a ton of money on Oregon State, which is the reason why the line is what it is. That being said, I think Oregon State is just in general 
a better team. I think their offenses are are right there at it with each other, but I think Oregon State is a better defense, and I think that they will hold off Washington State just a little more than Oregon State's offense can go. Th- these schools aren't close. They're seven hours away. Corvallis is about seven hours away from Pullman, but at the same time, these fans travel. These Pacific Northwest fans are diehard for their team. It's like all it's some, especially in Oregon, it's like pretty much all they have. So Corvallis, Beaver, I have cousins who are who are Oregon State fans. They travel for their team. They will be there. Washington State, it's home field advantage. It is going to still be a home field advantage, but there will be Oregon State fans there. So I'm taking Oregon State. I'm glad we did it. So we have three games that were different that were different on this week. So we can get some some uh, some distance in the in our in our in our um matchup but but um yeah i'm just strictly taking it because i like oregon state's defense better than washington state's defense yeah i i i and i i think like i said you know oregon state was the team on paper that should be better but i'm a big prove it guy i'm a i'm a big yeah. prove it guy and that's where i come down i think technically speaking for the sake of our readers out there are say readers, I keep doing that. Listeners out there, uh, you know, Oregon State was the team that I think was on everyone's radar. Washington State was not. They were preseason ranked. Washington State was getting votes, but they were not preseason ranked. So I think that that's where a lot of this comes down. But you're talking about it just to me, it comes down to you got two good teams. It's going to be a great matchup. We talked about this game earlier. It's going to be high scoring. Could be pretty wild. We're talking potential for multiple overtimes. We're talking about some nonsense. Um, we're talking about some Pac-12 ref moments. And this is a new ri- rivalry building. So these fans are going to be all about it because they know that this is the only rivalry they have left because Washington State's not going to be playing in the Apple Cup anymore. Oregon State's not going to be playing Oregon anymore. Like this is the ri- this is the new rivalry. So fans are going to be like all about it, I think. And it's going to be nuts in that stadium. And this is not like fortunately for I think the Pac-12, this is not an after dark game. It's um, not. It's four o'clock. This is going to be competing up against, you know, primetime tv on the east coast yeah um so it's going to be this one's going to be watched it will be watched and i i it just to me it boils down to like i don't think either team necessarily has made a declarative statement like we're we're going to be able to challenge oregon and usc yet but washington state is just beating they look like they're on the war path and that to me means a lot not that oregon state has really been slacking but this washington state is just on a march right now do i think that they're that great defensively this is going to be their biggest test we're going to find out um neither one of us are that confident that either defense is going to do much in this game but it this is the this is the easy this has ohio state notre dame is probably the biggest game this is probably going to be the most fun yeah i think that if you're not betting on this game like I said, the money line's tasty if you like Washington State. The spread's tasty if you like Washington State. If you're a big believer in what Oregon State's doing, my, plus, minus three ain't bad on the road. You know that, that that's not too tough of a cover. Uh, I'm a little surprised it goes that way, but still, that's three points. And if you're a big Oregon State believer, that is a good bit of value for you. If you think they're that good, and I think they are, both these teams are pretty damn good. And, you know, nobody's watched much of these teams play. So we really don't know what's going to happen in this one. Um, I think he said it best. People have just been a bit more associated with with what Oregon State's doing. But this is going to be a moment for these two teams. They're really making 
I mean, this is important for the Mountain West. This is important for them trying yep. to figure out what we're going to do with the Mountain West and the Pac-12. This is a big moment. They, they, there are going to be a lot of eyes on this football game. I hope they set uh, some viewing records for those schools. It's going to be rocking and roaring in Pullman. That that is not a very big stadium. I think max capacity something like forty-five thousand, but it's going to be absolutely hanging from the rafters out there. So I'm looking forward to this week. There are a lot of great games, and Chris and I finally in this contest fucking finally have a little bit of variance so that we can actually get some separation um, and figure out, start making a move. I mean, we're four weeks in and we've been even more often than not. Yeah. And I want to make a recommendation to our listeners real quick. So like the Oregon state, Washington state game, that's a four thirty game on the West coast. Sorry. Seven thirty on the East coast. I, I'm a West coast guy. So just know what I'm talking about time. It's, it's Pacific time. Um, Oregon or uh, Ohio State and Notre Dame, it's on at the exact same time. That's NBC. Oregon State, Washington is going to be on at Fox. I highly recommend if you have YouTube TV, do the two box. If you have multiple TVs in your house, get them out. Go to a bar, to a sports bar that's going to have the games on. Like like the four, the twelve, the nine o'clock slate. It's pretty much just Florida State and Clemson. But twelve o'clock and uh, or twelve thirty and four thirty are stacked, especially the four thirty. So go somewhere where you can just catch them all because they're all going to be. Just nuts. Yeah, I, I think that this is the week where, you know, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, I don't have fall weddings, but like this would be a tough one to have some sort of <laughs> obligation. Um, that would just suck. I mean, if you're a casual football fan, there's a lot of big brands going up against each other. I guess some people enjoy that. If you're more of a diehard fan, there are a lot of good games to keep you entertained. YouTube TVs, both of you, I've come around to the point where I just think that that's the best way to enjoy football at this point. Mm-hmm. Nobody's doing it better than them. So get a couple TVs together if you got them. Get a laptop out if you don't throw it up against your computer. Uh, if you don't have YouTube TV, find a couple of buddies to split it with. It ain't cheap. I'm not I'm not going to pretend that, you know, everybody can afford everything all the time. But if you got four or five friends, I don't think there's login limits on it. Um, there might there's, be. there's two, yeah. But. So be careful with that. But get a couple yeah. friends together, split it together, and spend a Saturday drinking beers with your friends and watching the games because it is it is an incredible experience. And while the multi-view technology seems almost intentionally designed not to let you watch the four games that you absolutely want to at the same time, it does give you a really good series of options to watch multiple football games at once. Personally, I like to look at... Uh, uh, I like to have it on just because I can throw the audio up on the game I'm actually watching and check the scores on the other. I mean, I'm the kind of I I, I literally have a scoreboard that I keep in my room that tracks all college nice. football scores. Um, it, is it overpriced piece of junk? Absolutely. It's not, and it's not even that big. That's the funniest thing. I can only see it if I'm like sitting at my desk. But I'm the kind of guy like I love to keep an eye on what's happening across the nation. This is a great week for it. Um, Chris, any parting thoughts before we head out before moving week for us really get started? If you if you are going to bet on the Colorado Oregon game, just some quick just notes about it. Um, the spread is enormous. Um, I know it's really tempting to look at. It's, so it's minus 21 for Oregon. It's really tempting to look at just, just from the hype of Colorado being like, oh, yeah, plus 21 for Colorado. They'll cover that. So one we keep talking about Bo Nix every single week in this in this podcast. Bo Nix is very good. Two, student uh, the, the Oregon is on the quarter system. They just moved in um, and started school this week. They just moved in last weekend. This is the first game where all the students are on campus and are going to be going to this game because it's in Oregon. It's in, oh, excuse me, it's in Eugene. So that place is going to be rocking on top of all that. So just keep that in mind. I think that's probably why they're a 21-point favorite. But um, if you are going to bet on that, you know, be cautious. 
I would waver towards Oregon for all the reasons that I, you know, kind of just said. Yeah, I think I think that that all the reason we didn't do that game is we're going to have a lot of Colorado love most likely yeah. this year and a lot of Oregon love down the line. So it was good to get away from them. But it, it that the spread is also just hard to figure out there. Um, I, I'm not on the Colorado bandwagon. I think that they got exposed. Uh, my final thoughts for you guys, first and foremost, fuck Lincoln Riley for suspending a junior reporter for basically nothing. That was garbage and i saw chip kelly's response to it and it just tickled me to death somebody asked about it and his response was just to look dumbfounded and ask is that something i can do um so you know just everything about lincoln riley look i i i spent a long time in norman um, I'm very familiar with the Oklahoma. My brother went to school there. I actually went to school with the 80s kids. So I, I met Mr. Castiglione a few times. Uh, he actually coached me in football. So I'm very familiar with the community out there. I know uh, a good friend of the family was won a couple of national titles as a gymnast coach out there. So uh, uh, we, I, I'm, I, that of all the programs on earth that I actually have connections to, to know what's happening, I have a good feel for what's going on in Norman. Everything they said about Lincoln Riley is true. Right. Like he's just not a good guy. So I'm rooting against him. I'm rooting against USC anyways, but I'm rooting against Lincoln Riley. And I hope that reporter gets to ask him a question when he gets back from suspension after USC's dropped a game or two, because I I would personally get a kick out of that. I would just would. Uh, My only other thought is we got SMU TCU. It's probably one of the last renditions of the skillet. I think now that SMU has bought their way into the ACC, any incentive for TCU to play that game is gone. Um, I don't imagine they'll schedule it much in the future, which is a crime shame. Not, not pretending. I hate both these schools, but uh, line six and a half SMU for its part has not been terrible, but they got hammered by Oklahoma. Um, I think that's why the spread is so much in TCU's favor. I think six and a half is a lot. You know, TCU, of course, just beat the crap out of a really helpless U of H team. That's why also factoring into why the spread is what it is. If you're going to touch that game, be aware. It's a rivalry game. It's probably going to be pretty dumb. It could end up being a blowout in TCU's favor. But I think it's very likely SMU can cover in that one. So we didn't talk about it because we've already had, I think, TCU once or twice. Yeah, I think once. is a big game. So getting away Oh, twice? From, oh, yeah. Yeah, we had them for Colorado. But, yeah, yeah. We had Colorado and then U of H. That's um, right, U of H. Forgot about that, yeah. So we were, we avoided it. It's also a tough spread to bet, but uh, yeah, I would go to, I would lean towards SMU um, and I'd lean towards maybe betting money line at plus two twenty on that one, just because if SMU, there is a good chance SMU can win this game outright. And if you put a little bit of money on that, you get a pretty good payout without a lot of risk. That'll be our show for the week, folks. We will be back to recap how we did, how the contest went this moving week. We finally got some separation between us. We got a lot of great games <laughs> enjoy the week enjoy your weekend and we'll circle back up with you guys same time most likely around the friday range is when this gets published so we'll be around with you guys as always i was joined by chris chris thanks for being on and guys follow the fans for sports network there's a lot of great teams that are being covered uh nfl nba nhl i i think there's a couple affiliates for the bigger soccer brands there's 10 to 12 of us in the college ranks now just find your i, I think there's a whole mess of mlb teams. i think that's one of the larger affiliate groups yeah find i mean your, the smallest mlb team fan base that you can find i am the host of that one so yeah there you go yeah we, we it's a great it is a great group of podcasts and uh, now some blogs have even started up ourselves the cotton club crew we moved over to do blogging so there's a lot of great stuff follow follow the main page follow the affiliate that you like follow all of them you know you're going to learn a lot about sports that way Uh, we will see you guys next week 
Have a great weekend. Enjoy what is the most fun time of year and what is a highlight of the sport. A lot of great games. Talk to you guys later.